not waiting on it to be here. God, we're knowing that it's already here. And we can call forth, we can command, God, what's needed for us on this day, God, according to your word. And we already have it in our lives. So we're just so thankful, we're so grateful, God. We're thankful for the Holy Spirit. We could not do it without him. So Holy Spirit, you are truly welcome in this place. Be our teacher, be our helper. Lead us, guide us into all truth. Reveal unto us, make the word known unto us, bring it back to our remembrance. And Holy Spirit, illuminate the word. Let there be light coming from the word that it penetrates our very being. So God, as it come out of my mouth, it would be like a fire devouring everything going on around us. It would be like a hammer breaking the rocks into pieces. It would be like a two-edged sword. Quicken us today, Father, according to your word. And Father, I thank you that I have been crucified with Christ. And it's no longer I who live, but it is Christ who live on the inside of me. And the life I now live, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and who has died for me. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. We are going to continue the teaching. On how well do you know him? How well do you know God? We've been teaching on this for a while, but sooner or later, we're going to get it. Amen. Sooner than later, we're going to get it. Go with me again to John, the eighth chapter. I'm going to start there and we're going to continue on from last week on how well do you know him? And in John, the eighth chapter, we're going to look at verses 30 down to 32 again. St. John, the 8th chapter, verses 30 through 32. And the word of God reads, As he spake these words, many believed on him. Then said Jesus to those Jews which believed on him, If you continue in my word, then then are ye my disciples indeed. And you shall know the truth, And the truth shall make you free. Let me read it again. And as he spake these words, Jesus was speaking, many believed on him. Then said Jesus to those Jews which believed on him. If you continue in my word, then are ye my disciples indeed. And you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. You may be seated. We talk about truth making you free. Remember in this passage, when we go back to the beginning of chapter 8, it's talking about a woman that was caught in adultery. And according to the law, she should have been stoned because she was caught in adultery. So they were bringing her to Jesus and they wanted Jesus to do according to the law because it was written, this is what should happen to a person that committed adultery. But when they came to Jesus... Jesus, you know, he had his head down and he was writing something down. And they were bringing the lady to him for him to say, okay, stone her. But what Jesus began to say, he said, he who have not sinned, let them cast the first stone. So see, that's what we have to think about, saints, Christians. Before we throw stones at anyone... We need to check ourselves 
And we need to see what's going on in our lives. And we need to see that God saved us. We couldn't save ourselves. Because if God looked at any of us in this room today based on law, all of us would be dead. We would be doomed for destruction because you had to go by all of the law. Not just one, but you had to obey them all. If you, if you miss one, you missed them all. Come on, God had some restrictions dealing with his laws. So they knew she's supposed to die. She's supposed to be stoned to death. But Jesus said, he who has not sinned, let them cast the first stone. And see, when you know what the word of God is saying, what we have to do, we have to back up ourselves. When we get ready to open our mouths, when we get ready to say something against someone, we need to become silent and allow the Holy Spirit to minister to us to see what's in our lives going on first before we tell somebody you shouldn't have or this is what you should have done what we need to do is wait on the holy spirit to know how to bring the word forth concerning that individual because just like jesus said he who have not sinned let them cast the first stone they had to drop those stones Because they knew that there was something in their lives that they were doing that was not right. It may not have been adultery, but it was something they probably said that was not right. So Jesus asked the woman, where are your accusers? She said, they're not here. He said, neither do I condemn thee. But this is the catch. He said, go. Let me make sure this is what it says. In verse 11, she said, no man, Lord. And Jesus said unto her, neither do I condemn thee. Go and sin no more. This is where we miss it. We condemn people and what they're doing. We talk about what they should or could or would have done. But we have not, even ourselves, changed with the help of the Holy Spirit, with the help of his word. But Jesus told her, I don't condemn you, but this is what I need for you to do. You already forgiven for what you've done because I already know what you did before you did it. I laid down my life. Now, he hadn't done it yet. But Jesus laid down his life for past, present, and future sins. He said, I'm going to lay down my life for what happened to you in the past. I'm going to lay down my life for what's happening in the present. I'm going to lay down my life for what's going to happen in the future because I know you're going to mess up. He said, but when you mess up, recognize your mess up and go and sin no more. This is truth, y'all. I'm talking about knowing the truth. That's why he told his disciples when he got over here, when Jesus began to minister unto them, he had the Jews. All of them were Jews. But what was happening was you had a set of Jews that believed one way and you had a set of Jews that believed another way. Why? Because when the word of God came unto them, come unto them, some accepted it and some did not. Why? Because some want to stay in the place that they're in. We got some Christians that hear the truth but don't accept the truth because they got so comfortable with what they're doing and their way of doing. So they're trying to change other Christians way of doing to make it look like what they're doing. Hallelujah, somebody. You're seeing it everywhere. So Jesus 
was telling them, this is how people going to know. He was talking to the ones that believed on him. He was not talking to the ones that did not believe his word because Jesus gave them truth. So the Bible says that the ones that believed on Jesus, these are the ones that he said, if you believe us, continue, abide, remain. You got to continue in my word. You got to remain in my word. We talked about everybody have a residence or we have somewhere that we abide, somewhere that we remain, that when somebody is looking for us, they will find that address and it'll have our name on it. Just like our GPS, we put in different addresses and it gives us the location where to find where we're going, right? So if we continue in this word, if we abide in this word, Jesus said, people are going to know that you are my followers, we got so many people that are not continuing, that are, that are not abiding in this word, that they're bringing confusion. God is not about confusion. He is about peace. Jesus told the lady, he don't condemn her, but he told her, don't go back into adultery. Come on, some Christians are telling people it's okay to do that. Some people are telling people it's okay to sleep with other people besides your mate. It's okay to have sex outside of... Come on, somebody. People are saying it's okay because it's come a part of the norm. And please don't tell me I'm not under no law no more. I'm under grace. So grace give me the right to sleep around. Grace give me the right to fornicate. Grace give me the right to lie. Grace give me the right to do these things that Jesus paid for. It was God's grace. He gave you the grace. He gave you the mercy. He said, I want you to get to know my grace. I want you to get to know Jesus because the more you become acquainted with him, you're not going to want to do the same things that you used to do and you're not going to tolerate them either. See, the more you become acquainted, how well do you know him? Because when you truly become acquainted with him, what you used to do, you don't want to do no more. Matter of fact, when you got married to him, let's talk about being born again. Because being born again is being married. It's being married to God. That means that no other God come in between you and him. Nothing or no one come in between that marriage that you have with him. The moment you said, yes, Lord, the moment you said, I do, Lord, the moment you said, I cannot save myself, I need your help. Now you are my master. You are my Lord. My body don't belong to me no more. My body belongs to you, meaning that I'm no longer my own. I have been bought with the price. So I just can't treat my body any kind of way because my body is your body. You live on the inside of me. He has forgiven us and when we know that he has forgiven us and we have been forgiven. Why do we go back into the same things? It's because that's what the flesh is used to. That's what the flesh loves. Your spirit got saved. But your soul didn't. So that means everything that your soul was used to doing, it's still doing. But the Holy Spirit is there telling you what you should not be doing. Because you have a new identity. 
which is in him. That's why you have a helper. His name is Holy Spirit. So when you are in something that you know you shouldn't be in, like this woman, she was committing adultery. That's what she was used to. And whatever you used to, you end up doing it before you even realize that you're doing it because it has become so much a part of you. Even though you have a new nature, whatever you are accustomed to or how you've been brought up, those desires are still there. It's through your thinking. So you have to change your thinking. You have to change the way you think. Because if your parents raise you a certain way, you're going to see the patterns of the parents in the children. The same thing that the parents do, the children will do. What am I saying? As they get older and they hang around different people, those patterns are going to change. Because you're saying, that's not the way I taught you. Why? Because whomever you associate with, that's what you become. If your kids are raised in a godly home, they see the right way. But when they go out and they go into school and they go into these different events and doing different things and they begin to hang around the crowd, they're beginning to say their way is different from our way. And then the more they hang around them, you're seeing little changes in their lives. Or I'll say this, they may not be hanging around a crowd, but they're hanging around Facebook. They're hanging around social media. They're hanging around games and all of this stuff. They may not be out of the house. They're in the house entertaining themselves. Now they become a different child. Because it's what? Getting on the inside of them. So this is why Jesus said, people are going to know that you are my followers, that you are learners of Christ when you continue in the word. Because you, if you continue in my word, you're going to do things my way. You're not going to do things the way that the world does things. Then he said, you shall know the truth. You shall become acquainted with the truth. And the more you become acquainted with the truth, that's when you're free. Now, we're free the day we accepted Jesus, but we're not making that freedom known because we yet don't know who we are. When you know who you are, you don't have to fight with no one for your freedom because you know you already free. Whom the sun sets free is free indeed. Nobody have to tell me I'm free from nothing. Because as long as I know my identity in him, my freedom is not based on what this world does. My freedom is based on who I am in him. This is why when you read the Bible, you got to go back and you got to ask the Holy Spirit to give you illumination, to let light shine upon this word. Because when you just read it, it's just what's written. But when you sit there and meditate on it and you ask the Holy Spirit to help me to see what God is saying unto me today through the scripture, he will begin to open it up and he will begin to show you truth the way it need to be saying, not the way somebody else is saying it, but the way God is saying it himself. So this is why everybody that was in the word of God, that was standing on the word of God, come on, they were trying to kill him. Why? Because they didn't want truth. They did not want truth. Every prophet you look in here, from Isaiah, Jeremiah, 
When you look at um, Ezekiel, when you look at all of these prophets that was in the word of God, you can see that people literally wanted to kill them. Why? Because they were bringing them truth even when it didn't look like it was going to happen. They still stood on truth because God was showing them this is what's going to happen. Let them know if they do this, this is what's going to happen. Last week I talked about Jeremiah. And we know that God ordained Jeremiah to be a prophet. Even before he was in his mother's womb, even before he was known, God ordained him to be a prophet. So Jeremiah was the one that God was speaking to in this time. And this time that Jeremiah was speaking um, God's word, they were mad at Jeremiah. It was in Jeremiah 20. And how the people became mad at Jeremiah because Jeremiah was telling them, if you do this, this is what's going to happen to you. You're going to end up being, um, and, and the Babylonians are going to end up coming in and they're going to capture you. So God said, you got to let go of all of this idolatry. You got to let go of all this stuff that you're doing. Okay, he warned them. But as he warned them in Jeremiah 20, the people were ridiculing Jeremiah. They were laughing at Jeremiah like it wasn't going to happen. And see, God was warning them before it happens. God is always going to warn you. He's going to let you know what's going to happen if you do what you're doing. So Jeremiah warned them. As he warned them, they ridiculed Jeremiah. They mocked Jeremiah. Jeremiah felt so bad. So he began to talk to the Lord about it. But as he began to talk to the Lord about it, he said, I can't even keep my mouth closed. He said, because your word in me, y'all catch this. The word that was in Jeremiah, it was so much word that it became a fire. That it began to consume Jeremiah. He said, I can't contain it. I have to open my mouth. I have to speak what you're saying. Why? Because Jeremiah was so trained in the things of the Lord. His mind was so transformed and so changed that no matter what the people had to say about him, no matter how he felt, look, Jeremiah had to get past his feelings. He told God how he felt, but he said, it's your fault, God. You chose me. You the one called me. It ain't like I wanted this. Now here I am. Can't keep my mouth closed. It's because of you. Come on, somebody. It's because of you. My bones and my body is on fire. It's because of you that this word that I'm carrying has brought change in my life. And you want me to give change to everybody else. Regardless of how I feel, I have to open my mouth. I have to bring truth. Because I know this truth is going to save this nation outside of how they're treating me. God, they don't see what's going on. That's why I'm a crying prophet. Have we gotten to the point, people? That we're crying out for our nation. Have we gotten to the point that we're saying, I'm not going to eat today, God. The world is tore up. Have we gotten to that point to say, God, it ain't about me. People are dying every day. God, it ain't about me. God, I want what you want. Even if it means losing my life. I want what you want. So Jeremiah, he told them. They didn't want to listen. Why? Because the world looked better. The world looked better than what Jeremiah was saying. See, this is the problem now. 
We got people serving other gods and don't even know it. We got people serving their pocketbook and don't even know it no more. Yeah. Because when you worship money, it's an idol. When you can't do without it and you look sick when you don't have it, that was your idol. But when you got change in your pocket and you can still praise God, God is your idol. God is the one that you look to. When the money get low, when you can still do a shout, when you can still do a dance, when you can still give him glory, when you can still say, God, I got you so I have everything I need. When you're not waiting on man to give you nothing. But you're waiting on God because God changes man. But we're waiting on man. We're waiting on man. We wait no man to fix things. They can't fix nothing. No. They can try. They can try, but until their hearts is changed and turned to God, it's still going to be something going on. Y'all better realize it's going to be something going on if people's hearts are not turned towards God. This is why Jeremiah got shut up in prison. Because he was bringing truth to the nations. The truth that Jeremiah bought. And Jeremiah 29, guess what, y'all? God began to tell them through Jeremiah, go ahead and get settled in Babylon. Build houses. You know, have your little gardens. I'm paraphrasing it. Do all of these things. Have children. Multiply. Be at peace where you are because you're not coming out until... That word is fulfilled. This is what he told them. But then lying prophets come in. Y'all, we got some lying prophets. They come in and try to change the word of the Lord. They try to make it look like what went into captivity now. But they're trying to say, we're not going to be here for that long. But God said, Jeremiah, tell them to settle here. This is what I want you to tell them. Everything that Jeremiah told them, it came to pass. But then God took me a little further with Jeremiah. As I was reading it, see what Jeremiah was doing, and I want y'all to understand this ministry. God said, I called you to root up, to tear down, to build back up, and to plant. See, my job is to root up false doctrine. It's to tear it down. Root it up, tear it down. Now I'm going to build you back up with truth. And now we're going to plant. See, until something is rooted up, you can't plant anything. Too many people are trying to plant stuff and you got some stuff in you that ain't right. So the seed of the word cannot get planted and the enemy knows this. He know that when the word is spoken unto you and you get ready to take that word in your heart, he already got fortresses there, which is strongholds. Saying that seed ain't coming up in here. See, he got it blocked off. See, this is why when God told, um, who was it, Joshua to take Jericho. Jericho was smart. The devil's smart. He's stupid. Jericho had a wall, a fortified wall around their city. Saying, you're not coming up in here. They were shut up around in that city. They had a wall. They were shut up. No one came in. No one went out. Everything they need was right within. So guess what? God said, you don't know who I am. 
He said, I don't have to take nothing to try to tear down that wall with bare hands. Y'all got to understand what I'm saying. So God had to use a leader, which was Joshua. He had to use someone to hear what he was saying to carry the the word unto the people. You have to have a leader that hears from God. So when Joshua heard the word from God, God told Joshua, this is what I want you to do. For six days, I want you to walk around the city. I don't want you to say nothing. Some of us talk too much. And when you talk too much, you putting stuff out there that God ain't said. God said for six days you march, don't you say nothing. But then on the seventh day, that means completion. God said when you hear the sounds of those trumpets, that's a war cry. He said that's when I want you to shout. And that's what they did. And guess what? The walls come tumbling down. So what is God saying? Things have to be dug up in your life. Before anything can be planted, see what we're doing, we're putting stuff on top of stuff and thinking that we're doing something. See, we go in the word on Monday and we think we've done something and don't get back in it until about 20 or 30 days later. You ain't uprooted nothing. You got to take this word, you got to meditate on this word day and night. The Bible says that you got to observe to do all that's within meditating day and night upon this word then you shall prosper then you shall have good success it has to be a day and night thing it cannot be months after months picking up the bible because you don't feel right the devil gonna make everything look new to you he's gonna make your money look like it's okay You may be feeling okay. Your kids may be okay. So you're going months and months and saying hallelujah, but your heart ain't right. No, your heart ain't right. And you don't even recognize your heart ain't right. Because when everything looks good, you think it's okay. Everything that looks good ain't good. But when you're in the word of God, God will begin to shine light upon those areas in your life that need to be cultivated. He'll begin to give you some light and say, wait a minute, this area right here, you need to check this, it ain't right. But when you go from day to day, from week to week, from month to month, and you don't even open the word, or when you open the word, it's a five minute thing, and then you expect something to happen in your life. Mm -mm. It don't work like that. And then the ones that's laboring in the word. The ones that's seeking God while he can be found. See, God always have a ram in the bush. Even in your home, he have a ram in the bush. Because you may have one that ain't even going in the word. You may have another that's getting up early. That's laying prostrate before God. That's giving God glory. That's the one that end up saving the house. But it's still confusion in the house. Because the one that don't want to get up. And get before God when the word come to them. They don't want to humble themselves because they feel like you act like you know everything. That's not what's going to happen. This is what they said, but I'm telling you what God said. Don't do it. A divided house will not stand. And the enemy knows this. So if you're not before God. To hear what God have to say, I don't care how saved you are, you will miss it. You will miss him and then you end up going through something that you don't have to go through because you didn't take the time to listen. 
God love us so much. He even send people outside your house and say, don't do it. Don't do it. God says not the time. Don't do it. But you got the feeling like James Brown. Your feeling is a good feeling and you feel like I have peace with this. That's the world's peace. See, God's counter peace is a peace that even when things are shaking out of order, you still got peace and you still calm while everybody's running around trying to fix something. You just sitting still before God because you already know what he said. That's God's peace. So Jeremiah, he told the people, but then God took me. I was reading more of Jeremiah and God began to show me something. These people kept getting captured. Actually, um, the Babylonians came back again. They took them the first time, but they came back and got another batch. <laughs> That's what the enemy does now. Apostle, if he missed something, he's he, he going to come back. Look now, he's going to come back and see if there's another door open. <laughs> so he came back and he was getting some more, but... This is what happened. I'm trying to paraphrase it. Read the book of Jeremiah. In chapters 40 on up to 44, that's where I'm going. Jeremiah, he was captured too. But guess what? They let Jeremiah go. They had him in chains. And they let Jeremiah go. And they gave Jeremiah a choice. They told him, they said, you can either come back with us to Babylon. Or you can stay here in the city of Judah. Whatever you want to do. It's up to you. So he said, but we're going to leave. It was a man that they left in charge. Nebuchadnezzar left this man in charge of the city of Judah. So he left him in charge. So Jeremiah, he said, I'll stay here with them. So they let Jeremiah out of the chains to stay there. When Jeremiah was let out of the chains to stay there, you always have somebody amongst you that's just evil, y'all. You hear what I'm saying? Christians, saints. That let the devil use them. So what happened was they planned to kill the man that the king left to rule for him in the city of Judah. They killed him. Okay. When they killed them, this is what God told them. God told Jeremiah to tell them, do not go into Egypt. No matter how this famine look, no matter what things appear to be. Do not go into Egypt. If you go into Egypt, this is what's going to happen. Okay? So God began to talk to them through Jeremiah. God already knew their hearts. But he always give us a chance to change our mind. So Jeremiah, when he told them, the next thing that began to occur was the people came to Jeremiah. And they said, Jeremiah, can you go to the Lord on our behalf? I be this was Jeremiah 42. Can you speak unto the Lord and, and, and pray on our behalf and tell him whatever he tell us to do? That's what we'll do. How many of y'all, when we're in trouble, when we feel like there's no other way to turn, we pick up the phone and we call someone that we feel like can get a prayer through. Someone that can hear God better than we can hear God. So Jeremiah said, okay, I'll talk to the Lord on your behalf. It was 10 days. God came back to Jeremiah and he said, this is what you tell them. And what God began to tell them, y'all, this is the funny part. He said, I know their hearts. (laughs) Listen at this. God said, I know that they're not going to do what they said they're going to do. 
They're just saying what they want to say just to be saying it. So go back and tell them this. Y'all, let me tell you something. God knows your heart. He knows when your heart is not right. He knows when you don't want to do the right thing, even though you're saying you want to do the right thing. God knows your heart. We cannot play with God. So God knew what was in their heart. He knew that they were not going to do what was right. So God sent the word back to Jeremiah and told them, if you go into Egypt, you're going to die by the sword. This is what's going to happen if you go to Egypt. Check this out, y'all. Next thing that began to happen was these people, they went to Egypt. After God told them not to go to Egypt. This is what's going to happen. When God tell you not to do something, I advise you, do not do it. Because it may not be happening right there, right then. But sooner than later, whatever God said not to do, it's going to pop up right there in front of you. So Jeremiah warned them and he told them, check this out, y'all. This is what hurts so bad. After Jeremiah told them the word of the Lord, Y'all, when I read this, this is what's happening today. I want y'all to listen at, go to Jeremiah 44. And I want y'all to hear what these people had the nerve to say. Go with me to verse 5. I want to read this. Verse 4. I sent all my servants, the prophets, to you again and again. By them I said to you, don't do this terrible thing that I hate. But they did not listen or pay attention. They did not stop doing evil things and burning incense to other gods. So I showed my great anger against them. I poured out my anger in the towns of Judah and in the streets of Jerusalem. So they are only ruins and piles of stone today. Now I want to go to you and tell you what the people said to Jeremiah after Jeremiah said it. Verse 12. The few who were left alive from Judah were determined, set to go to Egypt and settle there, but they will all die in Egypt. They will be killed in war or die from hunger. From the least important to the greatest, they will be killed in war or die from hunger. This is what God was saying unto um, the people. Now, verse 15, this is where I'm going. A large group of the people of Judah who lived in southern Egypt were meeting, assembling together. Among them were many women who were burning incense to other gods, and their husbands knew it. All these people said to Jeremiah, listen at this. We will not listen to the message from the Lord that you spoke to us. We promised to make sacrifices to the queen goddess, and we will certainly do everything we promise. We will burn incense and pour out drink offerings to worship her, just as we, our ancestor kings and officers, did in the past. All of us did these things in the towns of Judah and in the streets of Jerusalem. At that time, we had plenty of food and were successful, and nothing bad happened to us. Catch verse 18. But since we stopped making sacrifices to the queen goddess and stopped pouring out drink offerings to her, we have had great problems like everything. Our people have also been killed in war and by hunger and famine. And listen at this. This is what God is saying. God sent a word just like he give us the word. And he said, don't do this. If you do this, this is what's going to happen. It may not appear that it's happening right then, y'all. Things may not look the way they appear. 
So God warned them, don't go to Egypt. This is what's going to happen if you go to Egypt. They told Jeremiah the prophet, the one that was speaking on the behalf of God, basically God is lying. We're going to continue to serve this goddess. We're going to continue to serve this idol. And we're going to do it because when we're serving her, we don't like nothing. When we stop serving her, we are liking. I want you to look at the world today. They're looking at man as an idol. They're trying to get man to give them something that man cannot give them after God said, I want to be your God. So guess what? They told Jeremiah, we're not going to hear this message. We're not going to do what you're telling us to do. In this world, y'all, we see that people say, if you don't do this, you're not going to have this. This is what you got to do to get what you need. And they want you to do it the world's way. We are kingdom. We are kingdom people and we do it God's way. He said, if you seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, his way of doing things, all of these things will be added unto you. When did we forget this verse? When COVID-19 came, we forgot this verse. When the elections was going wild, we forgot this verse. Yes, we did. Because some of us are still looking for man. But there's a price you pay when you depend on man. You always pay a price when you look to man. Because when man fail, you're going to fail with them. But when we stand on what God's words say outside of man, guess what? The world is going to hate you. Nobody want to be around you. Nobody want to hear what you say. But when you stand for righteousness, you are going to be persecuted. You are going to be ridiculed. Family's going to hate you. Husband or wife is going to hate you. Children are going to hate you because the word said it. So as long as you stand for what's right, people are going to hate you because they don't understand that. Because they're not where you are. Because they're not in love with Jesus the way you in love with Jesus. They haven't become acquainted with him the way you have become acquainted with him. The more you become acquainted with him, the more you don't do what everybody else does. It may look good, but that's not me no more. That's not who I represent. I represent his government. I represent his kingdom. I represent his way of doing things. I don't do things out of his way of doing things. I do it according to the word, not according to what somebody else say or how they feel about what happened to them. We are stuck on yesteryears. I said it. A husband hurts you or a wife hurts you. You still in yesteryears on what they did years ago. So somebody who show you genuine love, that love cannot be accepted until you uproot yesteryears. You save folk. I'm talking to save folk. Some of you are with a man or woman that may have done something to you that have hurt you dearly. You told them I'll forgive you, just don't do it no more. But deep down in your heart, you're lying. You have not forgiven. You won't let go of the past. You keep bringing it back up. You're bringing it back up because you're hurt. 
But the only one that can heal your broken heart, your heart, the only one that can bind your wounds is Jesus Christ. That man can't do nothing for you. That woman can't do nothing for you. And we can't even tell if there's a change in that man or woman because we got so much hurt that we haven't dug up and allowed the love of God to come in and saturate that hurt. To say, God ain't about me. What do you want me to do? And that's when I go into my word. And say, yes, God, I'm hurting. Yes, God, I'm going through. But Jesus heard it. Jesus was on the cross and he took all the hurt. He took all the pain. God, he took it all for me. So God, who am I to stay in an unforgivable mode? Who am I, God, to say I will not forgive you? Who am I to say that if I have become so acquainted with you, I should say you are forgiven, but it's going to take time for these wounds to heal. Give me time to heal. Y'all, we say we're taking the time to heal. But if we're not healing through the word, we won't be healed. We'll put hurt over hurt over hurt. Some of us are trying to replace that hurt with things and with people. And as long as people are stepping up to us and telling us how good we look, telling us, you know, you all this and you all that, then we feel like we okay. But when nobody is giving you, lifting you up, you feel like you're the worst person in the world. Why? Because there are some wounds that have not healed. This is why Ezekiel the prophet, God had his priests living in the temple. They were in the temple. And God was seeing the abomination that they were doing in the temple, y'all. They thought that they were hiding from God and God took Ezekiel in the spirit. He said, let me show you what's right there amongst you. Let me show you what my people are doing and they think I don't have knowledge of this. Look how they got holes in the wall of the temple and they're hiding things that they're worshiping other gods with and they think I don't know this. God said, you got things that you're hiding and you think I don't know this. So God began to show Ezekiel what was going on behind the scenes. Some of us think what people don't know, it'll be all right. But God knows. See, this is why David, David was a king. The Bible said he was a man after God's own heart. Now, I said, God, how can David be a man after your own heart and the things that David did? He said the difference between David and other people was when David done wrong, he turned from the wrong that he did. And that's how I know I had his heart. See, you're going to mess up because David messed up with Bathsheba. But when David got the word from the prophet, what was going on? God had to give him like a story. And when the prophet said, this is you, David, David wasn't worried about what other people saw. See, that's our problem. We weren't about somebody seeing us dipping and tripping out of hotel, motels and holidays in. We looking everywhere, making sure nobody didn't see us get in or come out. We doing all of that. Even Kent, when we're in between the sheets, we worried about put something up to the window. Come on, somebody. We're trying to hide to make sure boyfriend, girlfriend, husband, wife don't know nothing. But if you are born again, it's already known. That's why you unlearn. 
That's what David said. David said, I'm not worried about the people. He said, I didn't. He said, I sinned against God. You got to recognize your body belongs to God. You are the temple of God. When you mess up, you don't worry about other people. They can't take you to heaven nor hell because some of them might be going the same place you are. They take themselves. So David was getting it right with God. That's why his heart, that's why he was a man after God's own heart. He couldn't do nothing wrong and just stay in the sin. He had to repent. He had to change. He had to turn from it. But what David said is God wants truth in the inward parts. That means in the heart. Truth come from your heart. Check your heart. You can say a lot with your mouth. But God said your heart is far from what you're saying. Already know who you like and who you don't like. Already know your manipulation. Already know your control. Already know your dominance. Already know you. Don't try to uh, be a uh, manipulate me. Tell the truth. Oh yeah, let's talk about it. Wives, sometimes we try to manipulate our husbands. Y'all know what I mean. Manipulation means you go buy you three, four, five, six pairs of shoes. Some of y'all don't do that. And you go put them somewhere where the husband don't see them. So one day you want to wear them to church. And you put them on and you get ready to go to church. And your husband say, ooh, those are nice shoes, honey. I don't remember seeing them. You just don't pay attention to me. I've been had these shoes. See, you're half telling truth. Yeah, you've been had them, but he didn't know nothing about it. Half telling truth. Y'all know half telling truth. You don't pay no attention to me. I've been had these shoes. That's the first pair. Now here go the second and third. So you've been had them too? Yes, I have. You just don't pay no attention. You remember when I bought these shoes, we were so-and-so. Yeah, we were so-and-so, but you went one way and I went another. And you had the keys just like I had the keys. So when did you get those shoes? Now I ain't going to tell you nothing. I'm grown. I make my own money. Are you calling me a liar? Manipulation. Witchcraft. See, this is what I'm saying. We hide stuff. But you can't hide from God. God know, knew you even before your parents even was in the process of conceiving you or didn't want to conceive you. God knew when you were going to be conceived. God knew all about you just like he knew all about Jeremiah. This is why we have to stick with the God that knows everything, that's all-knowing, that know the beginning, that know the end. He knows everything. So we have to get before him and say, God, make known to me what needs to be made known today. God, my life is in your hands. God, I have made plans. But God, if my plans ain't lining up with what you have for me today, God, I want to disregard those plans. So God want us to have truth, y'all. So David, he repented because he recognized God want truth in the inward parts. He recognized his sin. How many of us truly know sin when we see it? Are we so infatuated? We have become so acquainted with sin that we don't even hear the Holy Spirit when he's telling us it's wrong. Anything you become so infatuated with, you don't see it no more. But people that are around you, they see it. And then you get mad because they see it and you don't. 
The reason why you don't see it is because you shut off the Holy Spirit. You refuse to hear him. You're grieving him. You're quenching him. The Holy Spirit is there to help us, but he only help us if we want help. God does not force himself, y'all, on us. He has given us a will. That's why we go into the word of God and we choose. We choose whom we're going to serve. And when we go into the word of God, come on, y'all, we know, no, I can't do that. That right there is not right. God will show up and he will show out. He will manifest himself to the world to let the world know I am still God. And above me, there is no other. So I'm asking you today, how much of truth do you know to make you free? In the area of your life that you're still going through. It's been 20 years and you still got problems in that area. The reason why? Because you don't know the truth. You have not become acquainted with the truth. The more you become acquainted with the truth, y'all, you don't stay in the same way that you have always been. Come on, look at the prophets. Daniel, he knew so much of truth that when the king told him, I want you to eat my food from my table. Y'all, y'all know a king's table will look pretty good. They got the wine. They got all that stuff at that table. You'd be like, yeah, bring it on, bring it on. I'm eating from the king's table. We'll be bragging, going to Apostle Apostle. I'm eating from the king's table, girl. I'm eating from the king's table. And Apostle said, I ain't eating from that table. What's wrong with you? Because you get so accustomed with what the world does. So you think you sitting with the elite. You sitting with those that have power. People going to recognize you by what court you in. So, but, but Daniel, he wouldn't do it. And God gave him favor because Daniel purposed in his heart, y'all. Daniel already purposed. I'm not eating that food. They, they can just kill me. I'm going to be respectful. But I just can't do it. See, when you, when your heart is right before God, let me tell you, y'all, when your heart is right before God and you have made up your mind that you're not going to do what the world is doing, God will protect you. But when your heart is not right and you just saying it just to let people know I'm saved and that's it, it ain't going to work. You would have went in that lion's den and been dead because you were a hypocrite. You were a play actor. See, they weren't playing. They weren't hypocrites. God really knew their heart. Do not put God out there and your heart is far from him. That's what was happening in Jeremiah day. They were living like they loved God, but truly they didn't. This is what's happening in the world today. You got saints calling out, Lord, Lord. But the Bible say everybody who say, Lord, Lord, don't know him. And everybody who say, Lord, Lord, is not going to get into the kingdom. You have people to say, I'm saved, but their lifestyle ain't lining up with what they're saying. I got a question for you. If you were in the world doing what the world was doing, living like the world was living. And now you have crossed over to another side from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of light. Should there not be a difference? I'll give you another example. Thank you, Holy Ghost. There is a, hmm, a pinto. That's where you were. Now you're driving a Bentley. Is there a change? Is there a big change? The pinto represent hell. <laughs> the Bentley represent Jesus. 
So people are going to know you ain't in no pinto no more. Would you want to go back to the pinto after you got the Bentley? Hello, somebody. You ain't even going to remember what the pinto looked like if you drive the Bentley long enough. Oh, y'all don't get it. You don't get it. Let me tell you what I get. Y'all know I don't drive much. It's just perfect. I just don't, not unless I have to. So when I go to the gas station, I don't even know what side my, what you call that thing? Thank you. The gas cap is on. So I have to call my, I say, which side do I pull in on? I don't even know how much the gas is, y'all. I just put it in there and pump it and pull off. Why? Because I stay in the house and get into the word of God. I ain't worried about it. Not that I'm saying I shouldn't be. Because when I have to get in that car and speed off, I need to know how to go, right? I forget the, some of the stuff in the car. I forget how to put the car in drive. Y'all, seriously. I sit there and I sit back on it. I'm pressing this button. I ain't going nowhere. Because <laughs> I just don't drive like that. I don't. It don't bother me. I got license, y'all, for real. But it don't bother me. Why? Because I have my mind set on up. It don't bother me dealing with the car I'm in or how fast the car go or da da But now if it's making some unusual sounds, the Holy Spirit prompt me and I tell my husband ain't sounding right on this side. Amen to that. He know me. It ain't sounding right over here. See, the Lord will help you with that. But what I'm saying is whatever you become more familiar with, that's where you stay. And other stuff don't bother you like it bothers somebody else. It don't bother me. I can wear a ponytail all week. Don't bother me. Just give me some of that slick down stuff to get the edges. I'll just go in the store, come out. Don't bother me. Some people that are in ministry, they got to get decked down for the people to know that they're serving God. But their lifestyle ain't lining up with them serving God. Because whatever the scriptures say, that's how you're supposed to live. I'm not going back to a pinto if I'm driving a Bentley. So who want to do that? There's a difference, y'all. This is what people are doing that are saved now. Saved folk are saying, it's okay to serve whomever you want to serve. It's okay to do this every now and then and do that every now and then. It's okay to listen to ungodly music with your spouse. That's your spouse. If that's what turned y'all on, just go ahead and get your groove on in your bedroom. Nobody know it. God knows it. It's okay to do these things. God is already forgiven. No, 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 no. The God that I serve has brought me out of darkness, have put me in light. So if I enter into something that's not God, the spirit is going to be like a detective saying, beep, 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 back up. So the more you get into the word, you're going to get more beep, 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 beep. And when you sit with people that are not in the word, they are so worldly Christians. They act like it's so right. And you're saying, no. But when you can't reach them, you leave them to themselves. You don't say nothing else. You let them go. You cannot go against somebody's will, y'all. So don't get mad at people. Because they're not where you are. You give them the word and you go on. And guess what? Like Jeremiah did. They found out. They put Jeremiah in prison. But even in prison, Jeremiah was still giving them the word of God. 
So no matter where they put the word, the word is going to manifest itself. God wants us to get into this word, allow this word to get into us. And as we do, we're going to manifest nothing but the word. You know, the scripture that says, I look to the hills from which cometh your help is coming. It comes from who? How many of us quote that, but we look into man, but we quote in the scripture? Let's be honest. I look to the hills, which is God that cometh my help, but I'm waiting on man to fix it. That's not God. You got to keep looking to the hills. And you got to pray for man. That their hearts turn in the direction that God want their hearts to turn to. Y'all, we have some toe up kings in this Bible. You only had two or three good ones. You did? Josiah was the best one they ever had. Josiah. He was the best king back then. Hezekiah. Jehoshaphat. And Manasseh, guess what happened to Manasseh? He was evil. But guess what? When Manasseh got his behind shut up in prison, and Manasseh was going through, Manasseh, whatever his name is, was going through, he began to cry out to God. And when he began to cry out to him, God turned things for him. But he still ended up dying. But change came. And this is what I'm telling you. We're living in a dying world. People don't even know that they're dying. People are still doing what they want to do, when they want to do it, and how they want to do it. Why? Because they think this is the way it should be done. It is our job as kingdom people to change the nation with truth which comes from the word of God. This is why when they had to live amongst these nations, God said, you're going to go into these nations. He said, but you're going to bring in my ways to the nation to let them know this is the right way. And now when you go in, I want you to tear down all their altars. I want you to tear down, get rid of all their pictures. I want you to get rid of everything because if you don't, they will be a snare unto you. So what am I telling you? We are in this world but we're not of the world and we don't bring the world home with us. We tear down everything in our lives that's not like God, y'all. The more you get into the word, you can root it up. You can tear it down and then you build yourself up according to the word. We're out here, y'all, to speak the gospel, the good news of the kingdom to the nations. We're out here to give them the truth because God don't want none lost. He want all men to come to the knowledge of the truth. He want them all saved. He don't want to leave nobody out, y'all. Do not hang around folks that saying, Lord, Lord, that's still cussing, that's still drinking, that's still homemonging, that's still doing things that he saved you from not to do. If you're hanging around people that say, I know Jesus and he still loves me. Yes, he does love you. And if you know how much he loves you, you will let go of what you're doing. You got to disassociate yourself with those type of people. It's no way we can love God and we still in darkness. When you in darkness, you ain't seen light yet. Light takes you out of the darkness. And let me warn you. When you come to light, all hell breaks loose. People don't want to socialize with you no more. Family closing the door on you. 
People don't want to hear what you got to say no more. They're lying on you. They're making you look like Jeremiah. They're ridiculing you. You know why all that's happening? Because they want you to come back to their side. They want you to come to them and apologize for your lies that you've been speaking. When you speak the truth and you know the truth, the truth is what sets you free. And that truth is the word of God, which is Jesus Christ. I don't want nobody lost. So the life that I live is supposed to be according to his word, not according to the way the world does things. When Jesus entered the world, he was saying, telling them, I only do what the father do. I only say what the father say. I say and I do. It's according to him, not according to me. I'm not changing his word. I'm here to bring you truth. Why? Because for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believe in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. God said, I don't want you to perish. I want you to have everlasting life. And that life comes from me. The only way you can be saved is through Jesus Christ. It's, it's believing on him. Your sins is not, gonna, is not what's going to take you to hell. Rejecting Jesus is what takes you to hell because Jesus have paid the price for all sins. Nobody can get to the father unless they come through Jesus Christ. There's no other way. He's the way, the truth and the life. So we have to come through him. You can't come through Buddha. You can't come through Muhammad. You cannot come through them. They are dead and they have not risen and they're not going to rise. They're not Jesus. It was his death, it was his burial, and then it was his resurrection. If he had not rose, we would not be justified. We would not be sanctified. We would not have what we have if he did not rise. He died. And when he died, he took the keys back from death, hell, and the grave. And guess what? When he took those keys back, he had authority. He had the power. He had the right. And guess what? He turned it over to us. He said, as long as you use my name, no matter where you go, you're protected. But you got to trust in him. You got to depend on him. Y'all, you cannot depend. Oh, thank you, Holy Spirit. Let me find the scripture. God is so good, y'all, isn't he? He tells us every day how to depend on him. And we have to do it. Because he's telling us what to do. And how to do it. Uh, I'm going to get to it. Oh, here it is. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Jeremiah 17, verse 5. Listen at this. Thus says the Lord, Cursed be the man that trusts in man and make his flesh his arm and whose heart departed from the Lord. Now, some people say, That's old covenant. That's old testament. He didn't change his words. He did not. Jesus fulfilled the law. But he didn't change what the Bible says. When you trust in man, you bring curse upon yourself. You don't put no trust in man. Man will fail you. We need to check ourselves and say, whom am I really trusting in? Whom am I really trusting in? Y'all, I have learned a long time ago, God always say, man's no is always my yes. That's what he always told me. And I'm like, huh, God? 
He said, man may say no to you, but I already said yes. So it don't matter what man say. It matters what I say. If I already told you that you had the loan, I don't care what man say. I'm still giving you a yes. So I had to stand on yes when man was saying no. And then when that yes come forward, man didn't know how it came forward. They just had to obey the yes. Y'all better hear what I'm saying. God have to take what man mean for harm. And he got to turn it around and make it for our good to let man know you didn't have nothing to do with this this is my doing and it's marvelous in my eyes see that's why God hate things when it don't look right and God begin to change it that's when man begin to bow down and say now that's God so why are you trying to fix something God might want it to stay like that for a while so people know now that's God Because no man could do this but God. So God is saying, how well do you know me? Do you know me well enough to leave it alone? And say, God, I'm going to trust you enough to know it's not going to be by might nor by power. But Lord, it's going to be by your spirit. God said, can you trust me? Can you trust me enough to know? That if I save the whole world, that I already have given you freely all things through my son, Jesus Christ. Y'all, that was the number one thing. He saved all of us when we weren't worth saving. And if he saved us, why can't we believe in everything else that the word says? And the reason why is because we don't be in the word long enough. To get what we need from the word to trust God. The longer you stay in this word. The more you're going to benefit from the word. People that are in school. Right now in college. My daughter is in the books all the time. In the books. She'll take a break. She's in the books. When she gets discouraged I'll say. What's the scripture? I can do all things. Through Christ. Which strengthened me. I said, who's going to help you with this? God. I say, so we're going to get this stress out of here. And we're going to believe that it's already done. And she said, mama, this stuff is just getting to me. So I said, look, you already passed. Mama, I ain't even through. You already passed. You already done passed what need to be passed even before you took the test. It ain't going to be like you think it's going to be. Just go trusting in him. Trust him. And I'm here to tell y'all, she got A's. She got B's. The last test she took at home, she told me. She went in there, she said, I'm getting ready to take my test. It started at 10. I said, okay, I wasn't worried. She said, oh, mama, I made a 92 on that one. I said, I'm not boasting and I'm not bragging. But I am boasting and bragging on Jesus. And the reason why is because every day, We have to turn everything over to him because we know we can't do it. And y'all, this is just a miracle right here. My husband is a witness to this. From the time that little girl come out of my womb up to now, and my husband is a witness, I never, and he never helped her with none of her work. Y'all tell me if that's a miracle. From kindergarten on up, 
She'll hand it to me. I said, baby, your mama ain't dumb and she ain't stupid. But this ain't what I learned. <laughs> I don't want to mess you up, so let's just pray. <laughs> I'm honest. I'm just being honest. I'm just honest. Did we not do it, honey? But then when she made the A's, I said, girl, you get that from your mama. You got it from my side. You ain't get it from inside. You got it from outside. <laughs> you remember that? Now, you got that from your mama. <laughs> but then I said, no, baby, it was because of the Holy Ghost. He's the one that helped you get through it. Y'all, I'm not joking. This is truth. So all of our lives, me and my husband, have turned situations over to God that we didn't know how it was going to get taken care of. Y'all, it's so funny because apostle know if I need anything, I'll begin to decree and declare it's coming here right now in the name of Jesus. Because, Father, you already know what's in the bank. So I'm just going to call it forth over here. So we needed something. And when we needed it, y'all know insurance companies what they do. They'll tell you, no, we can't take care of that right now, right? No, we can't do it, da-da-da-da. But when you send the word before they come, when you done sent the word way ahead, the truth now, when you send it ahead, the funny part is, when they sent us an adjuster to look at something, the first adjuster that we had to look at something, oh, they looked and they left. No, we just denying that. Okay. What's the scripture that said those that? Upon the who? He will renew? Oh, yes, he did. He renewed it because every day I walk down that road, I point it. Uh-huh. It's going to be done. I point it. And I will tell the pastor about it. It's going to be done. Guess what? Guess what? Guess what, y'all? They sent another adjuster. Jester went down there and he looking and he told my husband, he said, I am taking my time basically because I'm the type that help folk. And I'm going to make sure it gets done. Guess what? It got done. It got done. Those that... Wait, yo, this is the funny part. But in between getting that done, another 1,300 popped up, didn't it, Apostle? Another 1,300 popped up in the midst of getting that done. Bless Apostle, hard Apostle say. I want to help you with, I said, Apostle, this was my words. It's okay. God got this. I'm not fretting about this because I know God got it. God had it enough to pay that 13 with what's coming. Hallelujah. God got it. Why? Because when you trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not to thine own understanding, but acknowledge him in all your ways. See, it had to take some acknowledgement from me and my husband. We had to acknowledge him and him alone. No, God, this is what you said. No, God, that's what they say, but this is what you said. So, God, I'm thanking you for what you said. I ain't going to look to what they said. This is what you're saying. And so we know it's done. That's just how good God is. Why? When you become acquainted with truth, you're going to have some blockers in your way. They're going to come, y'all. And it's going to make you feel like truth don't know what they're talking about. But the more you go back to truth and say, God, thy word is true. 
Sanctify me in your word because thy word is true. Holy Spirit, help me to get set apart in truth, not the lie, the truth. You got to know the difference between a lie and truth. The devil is twisting truth, y'all. And it looks like it's true, but it's not true. So that's when you got to stop and wait on the Lord and say, Lord, I only want to see what's true. So show me what's true. And y'all, God will show you so much that's true that you can't deny it and nobody else can either. So get to know him. When you get to know him, you're going to get to know his truth. And he's going to have a way of working things out past your understanding, past their understanding. The only thing they know is they're going to be calling on our God. People got many gods. And guess what? They have a right to serve whomever they want to serve. But you can't serve them up in here like that. But now they're trying to get it where everybody can come together and serve whatever God they want to serve. Not after him. Hear what I'm saying. They're trying to say. Check it out. That they will make you do what they want you to do so everybody won't be discriminated. Yeah. That's truth. So you want to talk discrimination? You better know truth. Because it's getting ready to come in the house of God. And you, this is why they had to be at death door. Jeremiah, Daniel, Ezekiel, even the apostles. They got locked up. Because people was trying to mix stuff in with what God said and it wasn't true. We're coming in that time right now. Mark my words. They're mixing lies with truth and people are believing it. So they want all of us to come together and live the same way. I'm not living like Buddha. I ain't done it. I'm not living like Muhammad. No, I'm living like who I am in Jesus Christ. These are the wars that's getting ready to come out now. Watch what I'm saying. Read your Bible. That's why I'm in Jeremiah so much. Y'all didn't know it? Read your Bible. What has already been is right now. And if you ain't been following with truth, this is what's getting ready to occur right amongst you. You're not going to have nothing you can say. That's why you got to say truth. That's why I'm telling y'all. It's about Jesus Christ. It's all about him. You got to get ready for what's yet to come, y'all. The change come in him, not in man. Change come in him and not in man. Y'all ain't seen nothing yet. Nothing. Change is taking place here and now. It is. So that's why God is getting you prepared with truth. Please get into your word. Please trust God. Because we're living in a time, y'all, with the pandemic, with everything that's yet. God told you what was yet to come before it came. Did he not? Before all of this happened, what did God tell y'all? So don't, don't be coming up on me saying, oh, she just feeling this way because now ain't got nothing to do with that. God was telling you before all this happened. Get to know truth. Get into your word. You're going to need the word to make it. That's what he was telling you. You need the word to make it. 
Because the word is what saved you. And this is what you got to go back to is the word. Adam and Eve, they chose to eat from the wrong tree. Through them choosing to eat from the wrong tree, sin came into the world and it affected all of us, did it not? But God still had godly men and women to live according to him to help save those or bring those to him that want to be brought. This is what we got to do, y'all. You still got to do this. You still got to give people truth. You stand for what's truth. You don't tell your children that's okay when it's not okay. You tell them what truth is. You don't tell your children to go in no bathroom with a boy acting like a girl. You tell your children truth. It's still truth. You don't tell them to bow down. You raised them. In, I was always raised in truth. I know who I am. So I didn't go for anything else. Sometimes I tried to, but it didn't work. <laughs> You got to know what truth is to stand for truth no matter what. That's why you having all these teachings. Stand for truth no matter what. Stand for truth no matter what. If the words say don't do it, don't do it. Look at the word, y'all. It's right here in the beginning. Come on, look at Abraham. Lot wanted to go to Sodom and Gomorrah. Because it looked good. Abraham said, I'm going to stay right out here. In the open, in the wilderness, because I know who I serve. It don't matter which way I go, I'm going to prosper. I'm going to have what I have. A lot say, ooh, that look good over there. And then he had to go deliver lots behind. <laughs> See, God still love you even in your mess. He'll still deliver you. He'll still send people to help you. And that's what he's doing now. God just want us to know truth, y'all. That's all. We shouldn't have divided churches everybody serve one god we should all be believing the same thing we got too many people believing differently but serving the same god why is that because it's a cloud there it's deception there the enemy is twisting the word of god making people think this is okay no it ain't okay it's not god we have to trust him now y'all All the way around. Because things are coming. They're coming and you got to be ready for what's yet to come. So let's serve him and him alone. So just ask the Holy Spirit, whom am I serving? Whom am I trusting more than I'm trusting God? I guarantee you he'll tell you. Amen. Come on, let's give God a hand clap of praise. I want to say this, y'all. God is just so good. He has a way of doing things, even when you can at times. Y'all remember I had uh, informed y'all about Miracle Temple wanted two years ago um, feed um, the homeless or people that were in need. 